Hey, this is Glenn with another episode of Difficult Questions. This one, what is the morality of the economy? This is on the back of big business, like Jeff Bezos, our favorite villain. Uh, It's on the back of labor strikes. It's on the back of tax avoidance, which some people want it to be tax evasion, but it's not. Uh, And I could go into this for hours. I've lived my whole adult life trying to wrangle with the morality of the economy, Uh, but I won't go into it for hours. I will truncate my verbiage and uh, just go over a few things that made me kind of question how this works and why, because I really don't think that there's a morality to the economy. I think that we as people have a morality and we have built this economy and we function in it. So we try to inject morality into it, but it it doesn't work. It never works uh, because the economy is the economy. And especially in our kind of free market world that we live in, freedom, America, you know, morality is kind of taken away. We've, we've actually substituted morality for the law, the rule of law. So we don't have the morality police like other countries do. And we criticize them for that because who are you to give your morality to me, force your morality on me, but we have the law, which can also be manipulated by the economy. How much money you have means how good a lawyer you can get. Maybe you can get off from killing somebody because, you know, they had a good legal defense. So there is no morality <laughs> in our world, in our, in our system, I think. Uh, and so that has kind of put me on the path to figure out how I can give people the tools of our economy, our economic structure and our legal structure to empower themselves to, to figure out their own morality or at least to not be victimized, right? Because I think that, well, in my experience, we'll get into that, that we're always looking for our success and in order for us to succeed someone else has to not succeed and we're also looking for short-term goals we don't look for the future uh we we look for the the good thing the next good thing and that leaves a lot of destruction in our path because we're not thinking about let's say the safe, well, we have safety of single use plastic things, right? We don't want our food contaminated, contaminated for that meal. But now we have this blister pack plastic for one meal that we're now throwing away and putting into the environment. I just saw an ad about taxes and wanting your taxes to go towards, um, or putting a tax on plastics and how this is against your freedoms. Well, we've got plastics problems. So what is that morality, right? Do we pay for that? Do we uh, just avoid it and let it accrue like we've been? I mean, what is the morality? So 
let me just start off with my first morality in the economy was get a job. That's from my parents that you have to get a job. You have to be a productive member of society. Productive member of society is getting a job. You go to school so you can get a better job. And if you want a, even a better job than the one you have, you go back to school. That was the, the, the economy that I knew. And then if you had this piece of paper, this, this thing that you graduated from, someone would give you an amount of money and they would give it to you, right? You wouldn't negotiate for it. It was this is how much an hour this degree is worth. And you always had to look for a job. Uh, that was kind of the morality of it. And, and so I grew up very much understanding the labor side of the economy. You know, there's, there's land, labor, and capital. And my, my parents knew giving up their time for money. They knew the labor side of that. So that was the morality. And I think for a lot of people, that's your viewpoint. And the, the land is something that you would only maybe purchase for your personal well-being later in, in retirement. You have to buy a house. So you have some place to live. That was kind of the, the idea of the American dream, right? Um, and the land that you purchased never was the idea of making money for you, say buying an apartment complex and charging rent or buying a farm and growing food on that farm. There was no idea that land was part of the economy. Land was something that was consumable. And then capital, you never, you, you have, you have the money to make the thing on the land to then produce, um, to, to hire people and then to produce uh, goods and services. So you keep the economy going. You keep people doing things because that's what the economy is, right? It keeps us busy. It keeps, so I was only aware of getting a job. I was aware of the labor side of that until 2015 where I, when I moved to LA to, to focus on the entertainment industry, the business side of making a film uh, because I had made a film, but I had no idea how to make money with making this film. That's, that's capital. That's, you know, I don't have land, but that's me generating capital, this, this independent or this um, intellectual property, and then trying to make money with that. So I had to learn that. And we often talk about jobs and we have this, this um, strike going on, I guess now over the weekend, it, it got the, the IA, the um, production side of entertainment is not going to strike. They struck a deal with producers, uh, but that's very much labor. How are you treating us in, in our labor? I can tell you that as a producer, when you are taking this intellectual property and you're trying to get it produced, so you're trying to get the money together to hire the people that will help you make your film, you're going to investors, you're going to people, you're going to banks, you're going to the people that have the capital because I don't have the money to make it. 
And the people that have the money just want their money to grow. And, and why wouldn't they? I mean, if I had money and I didn't have to trade my time for money and I could just have my money grow, uh, compound interest through compound interest through investment, why wouldn't I do that? Because then I could spend more time with my family, right? We always talk about the morality. Workers being able to spend time with their family because the family is important. Well, what's the, the economy that drives you hanging out with your family? And if you have the money, you get to spend more time with your family. If you don't have more money, more, enough money, get to work. Well, what about my family? No, no, no. this is the morality, right? There, there's these constant conflicts of interests and these stories we tell ourselves when we decide what the morality is of the economy. So I'm a producer and my job is to figure out how I can convince the investors that they will make their money back because otherwise I won't get the money. So I try to get the product as cheaply as I possibly can to make it. Now there is this this line, if the risk is in your favor, how much money should you take from that? So how much should you pay your employees? How much should you um, take above and beyond? When should you give back to society? And this idea of how much should you spend and someone else telling you how much you should spend. Well, if we do that, then we never have luxury items, right? You can't buy that boat you should take that money and you should help the homeless. You can't buy that purse. You should just get a regular old backpack and take that money and go help someone with cancer. You know, I mean, you, you, who, who gives you that moral dictate? And I think there are countries that have the moral police. They have these moral structures. Well, you should only make this much and then you should put the rest into your community. Let's say the Quakers, something like that, where there's, there's this, this very strong moral strata. And we, as Americans, as the United States, as wanting freedom, we don't want those moral dictates on us. We want to be able to buy that purse. Why not? I worked hard for that purse. Have we ever heard that before? I worked hard for my money. Well, who doesn't work the hard for their money? And then, if you don't work hard for your money, are you working smarter and not harder? Because that's the other thing that we tell each other. Work smarter, not harder. Well, unless I need you to work hard, then you need to, you need to work an honest day's labor for an honest day's pay, right? That's another kind of labor thing that we, labor morality that we put on ourselves. So what is the answer? There are these fighting um fighting ideas. If I want to use a computer to edit my videos, I need the best computer I possibly can for the, the least amount of money I possibly can because my budget only goes so far. So I get a computer that allows me to do my work, but the reason it's I can afford it is because the manufacturer took labor offshore into a, a country, let's say China, that has cheaper labor. And so my Mac is built by 
impoverished Chinese workers that at one point I remember there were news uh, news stories of factory workers, Apple factory workers jumping to their deaths, right? You have these nets outside the buildings to catch them, to prevent them from committing suicide because the work conditions are so bad. So what do you decide are fair work conditions? I work on set occasionally and, you know, there was this, there, there is a split in kind of humanity between background actors and production staff and the actors that are that are that have uh, dialogue and a lot of times background actors are treated like second class citizens depending on how much money there is in the budget for food <laughs> for services and feeding people on set is not a necessity necessarily unless you are away from places where they can get food because you're working on set and the reason that the hours are so long is because you're doing it you're setting up all production for every single shot and that just takes time so you sit around a lot or you work a lot you work these long hours and you don't have ability to take a break and go get food so what do you do you bring the food in so your workers can keep working and keep energized with the food but what food do they get and do we only feed the principals the the lobster because they've negotiated that in their contract and if they don't get lobster they'll walk good for them or do we spread it to everybody and compound our food costs for that production day and get everybody better conditions and what is better uh, I know people that I've had uh, as a stage tech, I had a job and there were people that were faster than me. They were just, they had a faster metabolism. They move things faster. I wasn't slow, but I was in no way as fast as they were. Are they more valuable than I am as a person because they're faster, because they're smarter, because they're better? And sometimes we answer that depending on your job. We also have negotiations. I was a university professor for 11 years, but the most I ever made as a university professor, I started out as a visiting assistant professor, and then I was a lecturer and staff at a university. And then I, and then I, my third professorship was an actual professorship. And I started at $40,000 a year as a visiting assistant professor in 2003. 2000, yeah, 2003-2004. The most I ever made when I went to a uh, full professorship after 11 years in the game or 10 I negotiated, so I was nine years in the game, I topped out at $57,400 a year. And the person I was with was, at the time was a kindergarten teacher. And she happened to work for the union, the the teachers, the district that had the strongest teachers union and they had leverage. So she was making almost a hundred thousand dollars a year teaching kindergarten. And I was making $57,400 a year as a university professor. Now you could argue 
teaching kindergartners is less valuable. I would, at first, I started thinking that, like, oh my gosh, how is this possible? This economy is weird. I can't, but it's about negotiating strength. And she was good at her job. She absolutely deserves what she could get. And when I started learning business, it's, it's about what you can negotiate. And really, for me, it's about what how people value themselves. I just had a friend that I was, I can't, I, my next short film is going to be animated. I've just decided that that's going to be the thing. It's going to be animated. It needs to be, I think, it's the best, the best situation for me to move it forward. But I'm not an animator. But I do, I wasn't a filmmaker until I made a film. So that doesn't stop me, right? I keep doing that. Um, and my background in lighting and sound uh, makes me know exactly what I don't know. And it makes me know exactly what it needs to look like and sound like. And then I just work backwards from there. So I'm not scared about getting into the animation. But, and I don't have the budget to hire an animator. Uh, that's very that's a lot of money because it's time intensive to animate. But I know an animator and I offered to hire her as a consultant. And she came back after, I think it was a few days. I thought, oh, maybe she just doesn't want to deal with this. She didn't get back to me. Uh, she finally got back to me and she said, well, I wouldn't consider myself knowledgeable enough to be a consultant. But then she gave me a huge email, a list of all these consultancy uh, guidelines that I should look at. And that's what I was looking for because I don't want to get into a rabbit hole that I can't get out of or that takes me time. So I'd like an, an expert's opinion before I really get into this. And she gave that to me. She was my consultant, but told me she couldn't be a consultant. And that's another part of the economy. You know, uh, especially artists, they undervalue themselves. They're trained to undervalue themselves all the time. Whereas other industries, you overvalue yourself. I work with entrepreneurs a lot, or I meet a lot of entrepreneurs, and their whole thing is, you know, I can I can help you. I can change the world. I can, and a lot of them can, but a lot of them also oversell themselves. And so there's that fine line of the economy, but that everyone's got to make money. There's no uh, backup in in our economy you have to be able to make money so i think that the other thing that i noticed is people that have a day job have the ability to give things away because they know they have a stable paycheck whereas people that are transactional are always looking to be able to feed their family or to be able to put food on their table or whatever the the phrase is of the day, right? Uh, so what is that morality? Um, the last thing that I'll, I'll, I'll touch on was the thing that really blew my mind. Um, the morality of housing. We need housing as human beings. We need shelter. But we have turned housing into an investment. I bought a house in 2006 for $395,000. By 2012, because of the housing crisis, it was worth $180,000. So I lost money. Now, it just threw me. Like, it's a house. How can a house be at one point worth $395,000 and then the same house be worth half that? I don't get it. Um, but that's what we do. It's supply and demand. It's 
people wanting things. And I think that that really just crushed me because, well, then what does that mean? That means that I'm in the hole in this house and I'm stuck in this house. And plus I was getting cut back at work because of the housing crisis and everyone made investments that went away. So even the university I was working for had to cut back and cut me back and cut salaries back. So I wasn't going to be able to make my mortgage. And that's how I made my first film, Why Homeless, is because I saw myself being in danger of being homeless. And I thought, wait, I'm a university professor. I'm an upstanding member of society. How can I become homeless? And then that's what got me into that rabbit hole. And what is the morality of that? I was trying to do everything right. And all of a sudden I'm going to lose my home and I've ruined my credit. So I can't even get into an apartment. I have a job, but I still can't pass a credit check. Ah, you know, this is crazy. So there was that morality. And then the person I was with at the time, I made the movie and I was screening the movie Why Homeless. And I was, we were in a more stable position. We had negotiated with our bank or we were in the process of short selling, getting out of this bad investment, which again was a huge moral thing. Like, oh my gosh, I, I made this deal. I should stick with this. But I don't, loss. How can I ever recoup from that in my life? Am I ever going to make that? So you, what is the morality of that? And that man, that tore me up. So I was helping, I was screening my documentary on homelessness. And the one thing my, the person I was with said is while you're making this film, while you're screening this film, please, please don't bring any homeless home, which killed me. But I understood. I mean, she's, she had her own fears of who homeless people were. She didn't want that world into hers. But I met this homeless person screening uh, Why Homeless. And she, I, I decided, she, she'd gone homeless because she quit her job to help her mother who was sick. And then her mother ended up dying. She couldn't get a job. She ended up out on the street. She was sleeping behind a grocery store. Um, older woman, mid fifties, early sixties and didn't no drug problems. No. And I really connected with her and I thought this woman can't be homeless. I have to, I have to fix this. And she was in front of my face and my morality said, I need to do everything I can for this person. Yes. I've met all these other homeless people. I've interviewed all these other homeless people, but this person right now I can help. And I, this, that's my morality. And the person I was with was like, no, you can't bring a homeless person home. And so ultimately I negotiated that we we could bring her into the house for three days until I got her into a shelter. But then the shelter after three months was going to kick her out because they've all got timelines. Well, in that time, I had purchased her a bus pass and phone minutes so she could call for job interviews and get to the job interview. And she'd gotten a job within those three months. And I just thought, well, why kick her out and derail her whole life now? Can she come back? And that was a huge object of contention. So I finally had to renegotiate with the person I was with and got her back. And my great accomplishment is she got back on her feet. She got stable and she was able to move out. It took about nine months, but and for some people that's really long, but we got a homeless person back. I'm, that's amazing. That's my morality. 
The person I was with was extremely jealous. She thought, you're giving more attention to this person. You care about this homeless person more than you care about me. That's her morality. This when we're all dealing with the economy. It was just it blew my head because it's all about priorities and conflict of interest. And that's that's your morality. That's what do we do with that? So I will stop now because I again I can go into this for forever. But what is your morality in your economy? And how does it fit in your mind? And how, how much should we live other people's morality in our collective economy? Thanks. 